0: Are you in need of a pace clock looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks the swim nerd pace clock is the most innovative digital pace clock it connects to your swim nerd mobile app allowing you to program any set your heart desires except for 100 100s while listening to nickelback you can't program that 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 is not allowed if you haven't seen the swim nerd pace clock yet go to swimpractice.com to check it out got me whiskey
1: It <laughs> yeah, me too. Jim, Hi, uh, Jimmy Guy. How you doing, mate?
0: Mr. Hawk, I'm very well, thank you. Nice to see you,
1: mate. Where are you coming from? Are you in the closet right now? Uh,
0: no, I'm not in the closet. I'm in my, my bedroom. Actually, it's a uh, it's a bit of a disgrace, but yeah, it's in my little bedroom back in, where I'm based in Bath for training. So, oh, okay, yeah, set up here, little setup.
1: What what is it? Are you are you guys in apartments, or do you like you have your own apartment, or is it is it based around the uh, high performance? So,
0: um. Everyone has their own place. I currently live with uh, Freya Anderson, the little, the female uh, sprint star, co- up and coming. So I live with her. She's next door. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we have, we have our own house together. You know, it's I'm obviously part of the national centre in Bath, and we live together, and that's it. You know, we pay our rent, and I'm based on here. I'm based down here full time.
1: Nice. Where, where is Bath exactly?
0: Uh, Bath is like an hour. West of London. So maybe, probably an hour and a half from the train. Really nice old school city, Victorian buildings. A bit like Edinburgh, but not as big. Um, but the south of England, the southwest.
1: You, you made a, uh, a coaching change recently. Was there ever any thought of leaving England and going, going somewhere else internationally?
0: You know, I always thought about kind of moving and kind of going to America after after well kind of high school when i was 18 mm. you know it was always kind of when i was younger kind of going to gators going to you know michigan and all these mm-hmm. big universities auburn where you know you were at for a little bit you know it's yeah. it's, uh, it's it's a place where i wanted to go and you know obviously the facilities are amazing i remember walking around stanford when i was 14 i, I went there for a holiday and walked around stanford um just to get a tour of it and i was like wow i want to come here um and it was an option but you know I thought the way I, the way I was swimming back at high school, I thought, why change? You know, what's working? Why would you risk that? i kind of, you know, I didn't want to risk anything. You know, I knew I was swimming well, swimming fast. Like I didn't want to change anything. So, mm, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was a, probably the, the best t- decision I've made.
1: Yeah, but I mean, after that, I mean, you, you have, and we'll, we'll go into who, who was coaching yeah. you because we have a little connection ourselves. But mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you recently made a change. Was there any thought just recently of maybe picking up some of that and going somewhere else?
2: Um,
0: You know, I just wanted to keep things simple. And you know, moving—if I—if I was to say to move to America or Australia, you know, it's a massive, massive change. Where, sure. you know, where I'm based in Bath now, you know, the head co- head coach, David McNulty, who's kind of got medals at every Olympic game since two thousand and I think two thousand and eight, I think it was. Um He's been to every game so far. A very well, known, very well renowned coach in in the world of swimming. Um, and, You know, I, I, and his his previous athletes in the past, you know, are in my events. So. It's kind of, it was definitely the right decision to make, and obviously my training partner Tom Dean. You know we battle it out every day, and it's a great atmosphere I've got in there. It's a new energy I found with Dave, and obviously being you know being with Joel and being at Milford for so long, I wanted something fresh and something new, and I've definitely found that.
1: Good to hear, mate. Um, we we do have a connection. So you and I, uh, you know, I I stopped swimming in two thousand six, and my assistant coach at the time was was Joel. And yeah. Joel, Joel ended up moving to millfield and, and coaching you at a, at a young age so how old were you when Joel moved there and you started under him
0: so me and Joel we met at millfield when I was I was I was 12 years old okay. and I was currently at the, the at millfield prep school so the prep school is year one to year eight so like five to 13 year olds and the senior school was 13 to 18 completely different campuses like ten miles apart and the deal was if I moved to millfield my the condition was i had to swim with a senior school so i was under you know joel's kind of eyes and what and kind of guidelines and you know i was with joel from probably probably officially probably probably 15 to to 20 to 23 so it's a long time yeah um and i remember first moving to joel's group when i was probably 15 16 you know he took the older summers before that i was with you and dale and emma collings but yeah joel's the, the work we did then back in the day was—it was tough, man. It was—it was really tough work, and you know we had a great team there, and it was some of my best memories I've, I've ever had in swimming. It was—it was amazing.
2: Man,
1: Joel's uh, Joel's a great coach, and but Joel's one of the funniest people I, I've, I've ever met. He's just a cool <laughs> cat. He's always just got something funny to say. Do you have any? Do you have any funny
0: Joel stories at all? Uh, I, I could—I could say one, and this <laughs> is when. <laughs> I think we were in Australia together. It was I think after my first time to Australia, we trained with Mac at the at the MSAC. And Mac, uh, Mac Horton. yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Horton. So we were there for a little bit, uh, and then did the New South Wales Open. Mm. I, I think it was uh, Mark than his wedding, and he said, "Females, I mean, don't no disrespect to females, you know. Females are like exams." I was like, "What do you mean?" He said, "They're easy when you know all the answers." And I was like, <laughs> "That's that's quite smooth." To be fair. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's that's my best Joel joke.
1: Yeah, I've never had the answers then. So uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe one day, pal.
1: Maybe one day. I heard Joel was out one day, and uh, and and he was walking around a market in England. And uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard he was walking around a market, and and there was a goat, and uh, and they said the he's like, is that, is that goat for sale? He's like, yeah, yeah, goat's for sale. So he just bought a goat on the spot and, and then uh, oh. and walked it home and apparently put it in his put it in his front lawn because he didn't have a backyard. So he put it in the front and he put a stake in the ground and put a little rope on the goat. So it would walk around and eat the grass, <laughs> came out the next day and the goat was gone. Someone stole his goats. <laughs> that's a classic one.
2: I've
1: had that before. I have heard that one before.
0: I have okay. I have heard that before.
1: <laughs> good. Uh, Joel's a good man. Love him. But um, so, so, you know, you were a little bit of a prodigy. You were kind of a young prodigy. Like you, you were good young. Like how did all that come about?
0: So, mate, my, my swimming career started back up in Manchester. I was uh, I was taught by a woman called Moira Hampson at a club called Trafford Metro, probably five or six, you know, real, real young, going to a club at that age, you know, try different sports. But I, it became obsessively, like, I remember watching, like, Ryan Lochte and Phelps in 2004, Thorpe, back in the day, you know, watching these guys go at it all the time, and I was just watching it on YouTube. I, was, I remember watching it so young, and it just became like, oh, my goal in life was to be a swimmer. That was it. I know it sounds a bit sad, but, you know, that was what I wanted to be at, at a really young age. And, you know, the dream and the passion, it never changed, even when I, even to this day, you know, to become, you know, the best in the world and be an Olympic medalist. And, you know, at that age, it never, ever changed. It was, it was something that I wanted to be. And, uh, yeah, I was, you know, I was fortunate. I was, quite a good, I was quite a good young athlete. I went to the Nationals. I won everything at a young age. You know, and then when you get to 12, 13, I struggled a little bit. You know, these guys who's these young teenagers, some of them are like six foot two. I hadn't grown for two or three years. And I was going backwards and I was like, what's going on? And like, I was still so small. And I remember one guy called Jack Smith. I think he's, I don't know where he's at now. It might be in Louisiana. And he was like six foot four. And I'm like, I'm five foot five. I'm never going to beat this guy. Mm. You know, it's just not going to be that. You know, these, these kids who are freaks at like 12, 13, I'm like, I'm, not, I'm never going to beat them. I remember talking to Joel and my dad and, you know, just said, just keep training, just keep doing what you're doing. And when you grow, you'll get past these boys because you'll catch them up. These guys are just pure talent. And they were. And, you know, within two years, when I was 15, I was, I battered everyone uh, in my age group. You know, I was back on top. You know, I was way ahead of the field in my age group. Um, and that was it. You know, you just got to keep going and keep working hard. And I've always, I've always found that my kind of, my advantage in, for myself is my work ethic in the pool. You know, whatever has been given is always done to a great qual- is done to a great quality. You know, you do exactly what you're told to do, um, and you kind of think outside the box a little bit.
1: That's pretty uh, interesting. Um, philosophy to have as a young kid, especially someone who goes to a school like Milford and, and it's nothing against the, the people there, but it's, it's, it's kind of a privileged school, right? Like it's, a, it's a private school. Is it, yeah. is it, is it tend 10, you tend to be kind of well off to be able to go to that school in the first place? Yeah.
0: Uh, it's weird. Like the people that have been there are, for example, so Pierce Brosnan's son was there. Mm. Um, the Prince of Brunei has been there. Lord Coe, who's a massive star in the UK. His mm. kids went there. Mm. Uh, the owner of Man City's nephew went there. Um, you know, the football players' kids who went there. And the list just goes on and on and on and on. Like, yeah. for example, Beck, David Beckham's kid's there right now playing know. tennis. Okay. So, you know, it's a very very well-renowned school. Yeah. Um, but That's the facilities I mean. there are amazing. You know, you've got the hockey pictures. You've got the horse riding. You know, Olympic-sized pool. And this is, this is a normal high school. And you know the boarding houses are unbelievable. Everything about the school is fantastic. The teaching service is brilliant. You know I talk talk to teachers now still. You know as as friends. And you know it's just it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing place to be around. You know, and if I, if there was a chance for me to become the best I could be in swimming or any sport that you choose, milford 's a place to do it. Like you know, it's just there how, how do you how do
1: you how do you get hungry in a place like that when when everything when everything's just there especially as a kid where you have it all at your feet how do you get yeah. hungry to want to be the best
0: you know i found it's all in my head and i remember doing and joining meal food like in training especially you have to do things on your own you know you've got to push yourself to the limit and it's that fight and hunger that gets you out the bed in the morning you know trying to prove yourself every day and training to be the best in the world and to be the, be the fastest guy in the world or whatever you want to be. And, you know, I found that a lot of it is to do with yourself. Like, you look, you look at Michael Phelps, you know, just saying, I want to be the best ever. You know, that's hard to think, okay, how do we do that? You know, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you're surrounded at Millfield by, you know, people like world, world junior champions, golfers everywhere, everybody, everybody, guys who play for England, you know, junior guys, you know, it's you're mixed with people all across the world, people who are doing the Mass Olympics a mixture of people who are amazing at different things. But I found for me having my family around me at home, living not far from the school, you know, my dad was a, a PT in the army. He was an army, an army guy, you know, very regimented
2: mm.
0: and having that kind of base at home, you know, eating well, sleeping well, get up for training, doing the extras that massively helped me. I think that really, really helped me. Were
2: you,
1: were you always pretty serious? Did you, did you guys have a little bit of fun at the school? If you're boarding at the school, you must've got into some mischief as well, right?
0: When I first joined back in 2008, I was boarding at the time. So I was only 12 and my parents were still in Manchester at the time. And I was like, I didn't like it, you know, being away from home for the first time, being with lads. I didn't know one of my best friend. Now he's getting married next year. You know, he, I, I lived with him for two or three years and, and he sang with me as well. And, you know, you have that kind of group of people who you do things with every day, you know, and my friends, they sang with me. We ate together, we trained together you know, went to school together, but when you're boarding, it's different. Obviously you you dorm raid, you go out, you have fun, but I'm sure there's more stories to it than that. When you're at the senior school, when you're kind of age 14 to 18, Mm -hmm. I wasn't boarding then I was a day pupil. So I never really saw the mischief what happened behind the scenes, but I've had, I've heard some really bad stories. (laughs) So you were
1: going home at that stage
0: back and forth. I was going home. mate. Yeah. So I was going Mm -hmm. home. So luckily, you know, usually on a day to day basis, I would do school. I would train in the morning, go to breakfast at school, do school all day. Uh, train in the evening and then go to the, the dining hall again, have dinner and then walk home. And that was my routine, you know, and it was, it worked. It, it it really worked for me. How much free
1: reign did Joel have uh, to be able to coach you at that stage in terms of the hours that you needed to put in and the, and the quality of work, how hard could he push you? Did he kind of have a free reign to, to do what he wanted?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was basically, the pool was ours whenever we needed it. You know, it was always there. It was, it was for the summers. Um, I think on a Wednesday, you know, I think some of the guys, the public summers went in and that was it. But apart from that, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a stupid program. It was like eight swim sessions a week, quality work, uh, one gym, and I think one land-based session. And that was all we were doing. You know, it was Monday morning, Monday night, swim, Tuesday morning, weights, Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning off, Thursday night swim, Friday morning was cardio up, up on the gym, Friday night swim, Saturday morning, you know, it's not, it's not hectic hours, but the work we were doing was quality work. You know, it wasn't kind of garbage yardage, as you, as you say, you know, mm. you're always getting a, a purpose out of each session.
1: Well, give me an example of something you did in high school that, that kind of is memorable to you. Maybe something that Joel would give you uh, either regularly or something you just knocked down. Yeah. The plant.
0: Um, we were discussing this before, actually, you know, we had, we thought of a set that this is probably leading from the 2011 September into the 2012 Olympic trials. Okay. And I was only 15, never going to make the team, was never going to happen. My goal was the European juniors. Mm-hmm. And I remember we came in on the Monday and it was six 200s best average off three minutes. I thought, okay, that's fine. You know, I can do that. Yeah. Short course. The next Monday was seven 200s. Then it was eight, then nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, all best average, as high as you can for 15 200s, fast time you can hold, and then back down to six. So that took us from like September to like february or march sometime you know it was (laughs) so every monday you
1: just added 200 and then as you got up to a certain point you started to come down and
0: then come back down okay you know that's one of the sets we did you know the classic one i think i spoke i heard about it before in your podcast was the 2400s you know at threshold you know we did that but we did 30 every monday night probably when i was like 17 18 off one minute 40 and you know that was a regular set we did all the time um did you guys train long course
1: or was it always short course
0: it was a bit of both you know it was monday night was always short course monday morning was long course it kind of varied within the week you know it was always a bit of both but the main kind of the main bulk of stuff was probably short course to be honest with you all the threshold and the heart rate stuff was all short course um one set we did was when kosuke hagino came over to train the japanese superstar and i Mm -hmm. I tell you now i've never seen anyone train like him Mm -hmm. like a different level to what to whatever i've seen and I think it was it was three 200s threshold off 230 into three 100s off 115. And um, three 200s off 225, five three ones off 110, three 200s off 220, three off 105, three twos off 215, I think, and then three ones off a minute. And after each round, you get 100 easy. But Hagino on the last rep off a minute, I went 57, 56, 55 againea is fifty-seven, fifty-six, fifty-one seven fifty56 fifty one from a push long course and i long course Woo. and I was hey. like, "Oh my goodness me this is and like every turn he did was 15 off every wall like
2: mm. and i'm
0: like this this is just that 's just the way that I think the Japanese are cultured to do that, uh, but i 've never seen anyone train like that you know pushing he was pushing two or three to two i am long course like for a bit of fun, and wow. the, he was beating boys on a freestyle, so you know i've seen some amazing things um and one last set we did was, you know, one of my favorites was, it was, it was called the Hackett set and it was 40, 50, 40, 50s, the first 16, every fourth one at turn pace. And it was 12 every third, eight every second, then four all at pace. And that was mm-hmm. a kind of a classic favorite. So what's something that you'd that hold while. there? 25s, 25 points, you know, to hand long course. What are they on? A minute, minute, a minute, around a around a minute. Um, but it was weird, you know, some of the times it would be the first 16 off 40 seconds, you know, because you're moving quite quickly. Then it'd be 45, 50, 55 for the last four. Um, but, you know, it, it was challenging, you know, it was hard stuff.
1: Wow, that's impressive stuff, mate. And, and Joel's had some experience. I mean, Joel had some, some experience with um, Massey Rossellino, you know, coaching him yeah. at the time. And yeah. So he, he would have known at that point that you're, you're swimming pretty well. Is he giving you some indicators like, hey, uh, this, is a, this is world class?
0: Uh, you know what we, we never really spoke about it you know it was never really thought about as world class you know it was just like you know I was, was a great set mate you did, you, did a, you did a great job you know and that would be it was never to try and boost my ego I never, what it, I never thought of it like that I always thought of it you know what a great set that was massive confidence booster come in the next day and do it again you know it was never like a one hit one day it was being consistent every single day even today now you know having great work behind you building confidence and that's what it was you know it, it, it definitely worked
1: Mate, I was in uh, Kazan in two thousand fifteen with Bruno Fratus. Uh, he, he actually got on the podium in the fifty free, but one of the one of the best swims I've ever seen was that two hundred freestyle, um, mm. where where you win the world title. Uh, yeah. in, incredible swim, mate. Yeah, it, it's it's unfair to say that you came from nowhere because you've had you've had some success in thirteen and fourteen, but to be world champion at in fifteen two thousand fifteen yeah. at just the age of nineteen and beating all these. Incredible uh, swimmers, yeah. freak freak athletes. Was that something that you saw coming or was that totally unexpected?
0: <laughs> Honestly, mate, my goal for that meet was to medal in the 400 free. I didn't care about anything else. It was to medal in the 400 free and it was to make the final in the 200. That was it. Like, I never thought about winning the 200 or given and getting a medal. My goal was to go 145 and make the final. And having the 400 on day one, well, let's just go back a little bit. We were on camp in Mallorca. I'm just, I think I just started doing gym properly and only once a week just doing a lot more upper body stuff. And my back felt really, really strong. Like I could do chin ups all day, you know, with my, with my body weight, I was really, really strong with. And that's something I've been focusing on for a long time.
2: Mm.
0: But fastening that forward, um, we were in, we in Mallorca on a training camp beforehand. I was pushing 25 lows to hand, like all day, like comfortably. I'm thinking my turn of three is going to rock in a few weeks time. I could just feel it happening. Like I knew it was going to be so fast because I found that rhythm and that stroke that I had where I could just hold it. And I I wasn't even getting tired. I'm thinking, wow, like this, this feels really, really good. And we always said, you know, all the work for the four is for the 200. You know, that's, I saw Kyle say the same thing, the two and the one, it's the exact same with me, you know, do the work for the four and race the two, you know, having that engine behind you and doing that. But mate, the, the racing in Kazan was something special. And I remember walking in for the walking in for the heats, 146.1 PB, and I'm thinking, I didn't even try. And then 1453 three in the semis, I thought, even quicker, I can still go a bit more on the last 50. And then the final, I remember walking into the final, no pressure at all, loving life. Ryan Lockti sat here, an absolute hero of mine. You know, Sun Yang over there. You know, someone I looked up to back in 2013 before he came out. As you know, what happened. Mm. You know, I got I got his cap in, in at my home, up, at up home Manchester. You know, signed to James from Sun. You know, these guys I idolized, and to race them was an absolute honor. And you know, what I just thought, get in your lane and just race your own race. Don't think about anybody else. Use your race practice and come home strong. And that's what I did. You know, I was so mentally prepared for it. And I was just like, imagine, I remember thinking the day before, imagine if I won that tomorrow night. Imagine if I won the two and three. And it happened. And I remember touching the wall first and seeing James Guy won. And I was like, and I couldn't believe it. I said at that time, the air felt crisp. Because, you know, you are the best in the world at something. You know, and that's what I wanted to be as a kid and do it. And, you know, it happened. And it was, it was a great time. I, I, it was something that I don't think has still sunk in quite yet anyway. Um, I don't think it ever will do, you know, looking at, the, you know, look at the Trinity Three world champions, you know, your name's on there. And it's, it's weird to think that, you know, it's worth to think that you won the Trinity 3 you're a world, you are, you were a world champion, you know, it's, it's class.
1: It is, it's world class, mate, Um, for sure. And and that's what you're aiming to do now is, is get back on the top and, and be Olympic champion now. So there's, there's got to be a way to get there. And I think there's a lot to learn from just what you just said there in terms of how you did it the first time. Um, you yeah, know, a lot of that can be repeated and, and kind of put into practice in terms of how you get back there. Because I think, I think what what ends up happening is we overthink things, you know, we, we 100% we, we overcomplicate them. Uh, it seemed to me at that stage in your career, you were just simplifying things like, I'm happy yeah. to be here, let's see what happens, stay in your own lane, go and go Race. and swim. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and when we keep it simple, um, the good
0: things happen, don't good they? Good
1: things happen, yeah. And, and you don't even remember how, how they happen. You just, you just they, they feel effortless at the time, don't they?
0: It felt it felt the easiest thing in the world. And I, yeah. you know, I've always found your best swims feel the easiest. Mm. You know, fast forwarding a few years, you know, it was when I went want the one forty three eight on the back of the relay. I'm thinking, that didn't feel like a 143. It felt like a 145. You know, it didn't feel that fast. But mm. even on the 100 fly, 50.8 or 9 or whatever it was, you know, it didn't feel like it didn't feel that quick uh, you know i've always found you know when you when, when you're ready for it the best swims feel the easiest you know and that's i think that's something that's true from a lot of athletes i spoke to you know adam peaty you know 56 point you know he said it's, it just felt the easiest swim he's ever done in his life
2: mm,
0: so. yeah
1: absolutely well that, that's it mate why can't we go out in 49 and back in
0: 51 as in right now
1: no why, why, why can't we just as 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 Humans, why can't we go out in 49 and back in 51?
0: That's a, mate, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, no one's done that. I no think one's come close guys, to that. No one's come close to it. There's guys that have been out in 49, but no one's done it from a standing start, I don't think, officially in a world race, you know. In a relay, I've done it before. Townley's done it before. Maybe a few other guys, but, you know, you don't see it happen. You, you There's no one that's kind of the turn of free stuck at the minute. It's mm. stuck on, you know, the 144th to 145. you know?
2: Yeah, and sure. It, it's I'm not, sure
0: it's you not, heard my,
1: my Ian Thorpe interview, right? In terms of what he yeah. thought about the turn of free. Well, yeah. What's your opinion on that?
0: You know, I think what he said is right completely. You know, it's, it's stuck in someone needs someone needs to change things. And obviously, you know, it's, I think, you know, if you get the race right properly, like Yannick did a few years ago back in 2012, you know, going the one, you know, that race was just like, he got it bang on and no one's been near it since, you know. It's, it was a fantastic swim. But right now, everyone's kind of doing the same thing, you know, it's, it's especially the 400. Like, you look at the 400 now, a lot of the guys, just, they're just back-ending it, you know. No one's going out in 149 like I used to do it, you know. There's no, everyone's going out as slow as they can. I'm racing the last 100. That's what they're doing. You know, nothing's changed.
1: What's your fastest out in the 200? What's what's your fastest 100?
0: I think it's 50.4. 50.
1: 50.4, 50. okay. 50.4. And
0: then what's your fastest back end? Uh probably honestly man, I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't tell you that.
1: <laughs> Mate, come on. <laughs> you got to know this stuff. What do you I think? A th- th- ballpark? Th-
0: th- 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 I think it's 20, I think it's 53 or something. It's not ridiculously fast. It's 53,
1: not. Eight. okay. So, so what I'm saying is go out in 49 and back in 51, which is obviously another world, right? Like you're, you're out it's in 50 and back in 53. But, but I'm saying 49 and 51, it's another world. But think about this. And this is, this is where my coach, Richard Quick, used to, yeah. used to talk to me about things. He said, Brad, mm-hmm. think about it this way. In 20 years from now, someone's going to go out in 49 and back in 51. Okay yeah. it's going to happen in 20 years from now so yeah. why can't it happen now why can't we start thinking about it now okay so most people what they're doing is is they're trying to answer the question of how do we swim 1440 whereas yeah. you should be asking the question how do you swim 140 point you know mm-hmm. which is another world away i get it yeah. all right but yeah. if you if you start thinking over there then yeah. then here seems easy right this yeah. seems relative like 144 yeah. This guy over here is thinking about 140 point, which is 20 years from now. I get it.
0: Yeah. No, but if, I get you're,
1: if you're 20 years ahead of everybody else, yeah. then all of a sudden your paradigm, your shift goes right up here and everybody else is stuck right here. Now, stuck I don't left. know if that's the answer, but that's the way my, my coach used to talk to me, Richard Quick, yeah. who I learn a lot from as, as a coach. Mm. He used to say these things, mate. And, and he used yeah. to talk about the 20-point, 50 freestyle. This is, this is the, the conversations that I was having with him. He's like, Brett, in 20 years from yeah. now, someone's going to swim 20-point. So why can't we do it now? And then I was able to coach two guys to Big do it. Big Fred Brousquet and Caesar Cielo. Yeah. Fred, Fred was the first guy. But yeah. I've, I've seen two guys do it, and I've, I've coached yeah. two guys do it. So I know it's humanly possible. Now, I, I get it. Yeah. They did it in a suit. So we're going to have to figure out how to do it without the suit. But mm. why aren't we thinking that way in the 200 free? It seems to be like we're stuck in this 145 range. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, mean, I, I completely agree with you. You know, and one thing, I'm not going to give you too much information that I've discussed yeah. with Dave, but, mm. you know, you always got to think beyond your target time. Yeah. You know, mm. you have to think, for example, in a hundred fly, you know, let's say you're trained to go 48.5. Yep. Okay, you go, you're training for a 48 five, which someone will do soon. It's going to happen at some Ab- point. Absolutely. Like someone's going to go 45 for the, for, the t- for the 103 at some point long course. And if you're training for that, you know, let's say you get near, I don't know, you get it right and it, everything's bang on the day. You are 85% near that time, you know. You are, you are going to be way ahead of the field, you know. And I think if you have the attitude for a lot of things, you know, if you're doing race pace and you're always actually going a little bit quicker all the time. Your body gets used to that hitting that time over and over again. You rest down, you shave down, you taper, you get everything spot on, you know, and you're almost there. And obviously, I'm not saying you're going to go 140, but you could go 142.5 and that'll be way ahead of the field. So it's great to think how, you know, I think it's a great idea how sometimes, like I mean, I've done this before, you know, you always think beyond what you can capably do. I remember doing it years ago. Like you train for a time that you think is not pos- it's really not possible, but you actually yes. do it in training and over and over again. You break it down. Then you come to race it, and you're a second and a half off it, and thinking, wow, like, what a great swim. You, know, you kind of re- push yourself as far as you can, and someday you know, it, it might happen.
1: Well, that's the thing, mate. Like, you, you would agree. Ian Thorpe was, was 20 years ahead of, of his generation. Oh, 100%. You
0: know? The greatest freestyler we've we ever had.
1: And that's the way he used to think, mate. Like he used yeah. to put himself, everybody else puts themselves in a category in a box with everybody else. Like I yeah. I fit in here with all the, with these 10 other people. Ian would yeah. put himself out here in this t- totally different box and say, I'm thinking beyond the way everybody else is thinking. I'm thinking what people think is impossible, which is, Mm. and that's the way he would think consistently. And that's the way he would train consistently. And he would just bury people in with that mindset. Like they, they couldn't compete with him because his mindset, it was so far advanced. And that's kind of what I'm feeling right now with the, with the 200 free. There's no possible way that you can go to the world championships and you have eight different guys from different parts of the world coached uh, by different people with different yeah. philosophies eating different food doing different training sets getting to the world championships and be within 10th 10th of a second of each other it's it's, it's the, it, the only thing that that me, tells me is they're all thinking alike you know?
2: Yeah. It's yeah. not no, it's I not agree. the
1: physical training. And so what you need no. to do is you need to separate your thinking. And that's what I'm saying by why yeah. isn't it why wouldn't it be possible to think that somebody could swim a forty nine hundred free on the way out and come back in fifty yeah. one? It sounds ridiculous. It does. Yeah. <laughs> but it's gonna happen in twenty years, it's I guarantee happen. you.
0: But mate, I completely agree with you, Hawk. I think what you're saying is like, you know, everyone trains hard. We get that. Yeah. Everyone can train hard, everyone can do thirty ones, everyone can do stupid sets, you know. Yeah. But if you've not trained your mind and you've not trained outside the box or done something different, you know, that's going to give you that extra edge on your athlete. So, for example, you know, from the age of 14 to probably 19, every night I would do press ups in my room and sit ups every evening. And that was from like, I did three sets of 20 in one month then it'd be 25, 30s and then 35s and the, the core would be the, would be the same, you know, three sets of something. And that was every evening for probably six years. And I'm thinking in my head, you know, I can guarantee you now, Sun Yang is not doing this at home. You know, and that gave me kind of my extra edge on athletes, you know, when I was, when I was younger, you know, when I was 17, 18, 19 as well, you know, at the world and thinking, you know, I, I had a rowing machine at home in my conservatory and I would row twice a week and in the summer, it was ridiculously hot. You know, I had, I had an altitude mask on and I'd row, you know, for half an hour in there and the Sweat would pour off me, but all these extra bits, you know, they gave me a massive extra boost of confidence. Where I'm thinking, Yeah, my guy, the main guy in the foreigner free, has definitely not done that. You know, he's not done that. I've, I've done everything I can outside the pool, so everyone can train that in the pool. Or what about the bits at home, the bits that no one's seeing in the dark, you know, the bits that aren't on the program? You know, that's the, the thing I think that makes a lot of people like to separate from the best. You know, I think that's really, yeah. really important,
2: yeah
1: mate it's it's that it's it's the work but it's the it's the thinking it's putting yourself in a situation where you think something is impossible but you start to believe it could be possible like there's no i've got a lot of friends on the australian team that i swam with back in the day ian thorpe grant hackett Mm. michael Klim. you know some of the some of the greatest swimmers in history i was on the team with them and i traveled the world with them just like you travelled the world with adam peaty and i'm sure adam peaty's very similar. But if I had have told them and I retired in 2006 and Caesar broke the world record in the hundred in, in three years later in 2009, yeah. in 2006, 2009 yeah. In 2006, when I retired from the sport, if I had have sat in the room at that point in time and said to my buddies, Hey, Michael Clem and Hey, Hey, Ian Thorpe three years from now, I'm going to coach a guy that's going to swim 46 and the hundred freestyle. They would have laughed at me. They, would, yeah, have, they no, would have thought no, I was I absolutely crackers. But we, crackers. we trained for that. Like,
0: yeah.
1: now I get it. There was there was some assistance, right? The, the suits were, were incredible technology. But we, we trained to swim a 4,600 freestyle within yeah. three years of me retiring. And that's the belief yeah. system we have. So I, I'm just a huge believer and I want people to listen to this and I want them to understand it. it's not just about the training that you do that's going to give you confidence. No. You have to start thinking beyond what you think could be possible and then you have to start to find a way to build a bridge of belief system to get there yeah so you've yeah. got to you've got to have a bridge of belief and you've got to yeah, build that bridge of belief to get to that
0: point i agree you've Got a thing
1: you know it's got to be crazy
0: it's great because like you know with with that you know you, have, you obviously there's an old saying, you know i think it's you fail to plan, you plan to fail, you know, and it's having that kind of in your mindset, if you're ticking boxes every single day, you know, that's going to get you to that kind of end goal time or that, that super time you want to achieve, you know, it's having that in your daily life, every single day, you know, you have it in your plan, it becomes a ritual, you know, and it's kind of doing that. that's going to give you the confidence. Once that's all ticked and everything's done, the work's done, and everything comes together, you know, it, it, it can happen, you know, you know, you've, you've seen, obviously, you know, obviously Caesar do it in the tree. The you know, mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, it flow when were, I remember when Florham and it went 22 point for the 50 back in 2014. Everyone was like, wow, you know, these freakish swims, they do happen. Oh, PE's yeah. 56 in the 100 fly, Caleb's 100 fly as well. You know, these these stupid swims, they happen. And, you know, once, once that happens, it's amazing to see.
1: Well talk to me about that, you know Adam really well, and, and you 're obviously very good friends with him very close What, what yeah. is it about him that makes him special other than what he can physically do in the water? What is it mentally that he has over everybody else
0: when I think of pete i, I don 't think of him as the, the superhuman athlete I think him as I think of him as you know one of the boys, one, just a normal lad mm-hmm. who you know obviously trains like an absolute tiger um, but then mentally the way I've spoke to him about personal things in the past and how we speak to each other, you know, how resilient he is, how mentally focused he is, you know, once something's happening and, you know, I can just see him laughing in my head now. Um, once something's happening. He wants to get, wants to get something or achieve something. Nothing is getting as well. You know, I remember saying X about playing Xbox quite late, quite late at night in lockdown. He was like, nah, I said, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. I'm thinking about my performance and thinking, you know, that's, these little things, they, they add up and build up over time. But little things like that, you know, getting to bed early, you know, just thinking way above the rest, it, creating, creating a legacy. You know, I think that's what Adam wants to do. I think he, I'm pretty sure he's doing that right now. You know, being the fastest, greatest record of all time, you know, I think, I think he's on his way to, to, to doing that. And I think mentally, you know, I've never seen anyone like the way he is. You know, his determination, his resilience, you know, nothing will get in his way to do what he wants to do he's so focused and so switched on and then when he can switch off he can do and that, and that I think having that balance is really really important being able to be like an absolute machine in training mentally come back and have, have your proper food and then on the weekend for an hour or so or in, in the evening go out for go out for dinner have a glass of wine and switching off and I think having that balance is really really important and he, def- and he definitely does that
1: what does he do well under pressure? And I, I could probably ask him these questions, but someone from mm. a, an observer, someone, you know, who's close to him, someone who's a friend, what does he do well under pressure?
0: He doesn't change. You know, he doesn't deal, he doesn't have, you know, he, he doesn't get stressed. The, the first time I saw him nervous was, I think it was the 2015 World Champs 100 breast and the Commonwealth Games 50 breaststroke when, he, when Cam van der Veer beat him, you know. But you know he he doesn't deal with stress. He doesn't he doesn't have any like pressure on him. You know he knows that he's gonna go in there and absolutely batter these guys. You know he knows that the work he's done, no one's done that, and that is like that's what separates him from here where the rest of the guys are to up here. You know I think that's really really important. But yeah. he's just a normal guy. You know, that's that's all he is. But then when you put him on, put him under pressure, you know you know he's as a person he's not gonna change. You can still talk to him. You can still He'll still talk to me. He'll ask me questions or whatever it is. You know, he won't change. And I remember on the medley relay, I remember previously, you've gone out too fast. I said to him, don't you dare go out too fast. This is a world. He went, oh, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. <laughs> this is like before he's about to dive in, you know, and he listens to, I think his close friends because he knows that he can trust us. Um, but once he says something, he's going to do it. And I never, I never thought he'd get 56. I never thought it would happen, but he did it. Yeah. you know and they're just chatting to people i thought i don't think he's gonna do it boys i think it's it's unrealistic and but i knew deep down there's a part of me inside i thought you know he will do it that's just the way that that's his makeup um and he did it and he shot the world and i'm you know what fair play mate and i'm proud of you for doing it
1: well what about you mate you you obviously shocked the world at 19 and <laughs> win the world title um you've had a, a bunch of great results you know you've been on the podium since then um but you haven't had that one standout win like that two hundred freestyle again since since um, you know two thousand and fifteen. Uh, you've had some wins on relays, which has been fantastic, no doubt about it. But what is, what have been some of the challenges for you? Where, where where have you struggled in the last five years?
0: You know, mate, it's uh, it's been an interesting interesting you know couple of years. I think after after Kazan was a great obviously a great meet. Rio was a real real disappointment. You know finishing fourth by point two. Mm. I remember touching the wall and thinking oh for god's sake like I wanted to cry and I'd never cried before after a race before I remember swimming down talking to Joel and going to see mum and dad I remember in the crowd I was on my way just to say hello to them and I just started crying and, you know and that pain for <gasps> finishing fourth was just it was absolutely brutal you know it, it wasn't nice at all and i was crying and crying in the stands and it was just it was so horrible to have that feeling and i remember coming back home back to the apartments and obviously the four by two was the day after and you know i called my grandma who was at home i spoke to her and you know i found in Rio i wasn't myself i wasn't relaxed i wasn't happy and i was putting too much pressure on all these things you overthink things very very quickly and Dan Wallace texted me and said, "Listen, mate, we need you for this relay. Like, we can win a medal here." I said, "Mate, I'll be back. Don't worry." And the relay came around, and I'm, and I was back again. You know, I was, I was happy. I was enjoying myself. You know, and that was great to get a medal for the boys. Um, but moving forward to 2017, it was a great World Championships. And the 200 three, I should have won that, and I knew I could have won. I could have won that, but I messed it up completely. Um, I was 143 in the relay. The semi-final for the 200 three, I was 145 one. And I backed off the last fifty. Like I knew I could have got another gear, um, but you know, the final I just thought, you know, let's just go for it. Let's just kind of let's just break the field early. Let's just let's just let's just hammer it. And it didn't work. And you know, finishing fifth again. And it's it, it, it's it's just annoying because I knew, you know, if you if you stick to the plan, you know, and not divert from that, things do happen. And obviously, I, I didn't I didn't stick to the plan. I moved away, and it didn't it didn't it didn't happen for me. But that race there, the 203, looking back at it, I should have won that. No doubt about it. But it was great to get to get Melan the 100 fly with Caleb and be on that be on that podium. You know, that came from nowhere. And that was a great swim. Uh 2018, moving forward, it was just an interesting year, you know. And this is when I started to struggle, I think, mentally a little bit. I was I was I was thinking on the blocks, you know. I I was struggling with sorry mate, you've gone a bit you've gone
1: Oh that's back. good. I like that. Actually, you got a little bit a little bit more light on your face.
0: There we go. Sorry. Um, 2018 was a weird one, mate, because obviously the Commonwealth Games were in the Gold Coast. But having that kind of setback in 17 again, but even though it was a great world, and I really, really fast, you know, coming forward to the summer at the Europeans, and obviously having a few medals in the relay and getting fourth and three again, but swimming quite slow, my confidence was slowly kind of deteriorating and thinking, what's going on here? Like, this is not, this is not the real James guy. Um so I kind of kept kept working with Joel you know, to make things right. And 2019 leading to the worlds, I was 146.5 from the trials, not a great time at all. I was 51, 51 something as well. Um, but from probably May 2019 to the worlds, we did a lot of work. And I went 145.9 and I I messed up my finish. I was biff on the hundredth line. I was probably out of 10, probably about five out of 10. So I know I can do it and I know I can race the best and I know I can swim fast. And I knew mentally I was nowhere near my peak at Worlds, nowhere near. And my mum my and dad, I can tell you that. And my friends can say that because I knew the work I was doing was not going to get me there. And, you know, that was upsetting for me because I knew, I just knew I wasn't happy with what I was doing anymore. I wanted to change. Mm. And that's when I thought, you know, I need something to change here for the Tokyo because I want to do everything I can to get this right. And obviously I knew in 2019 at the world, I'd probably five out of 10 in what I was six out of 10. Um, and obviously I came to Dave for a, for a chat and to move forward. And one thing that I was struggling with was I get on the block and think, have I done everything in the pool I can to win this race? And the answer would be no, there was, there was no confidence, confidence there from the work I, I was doing. Um, because I thought things were quite still, you know. I wanted something fresh, and I was I was not happy anymore. Um, but I'm obviously I moved forward to, forward to Dave, and from September twenty from September 2019 to lap well to, to until lockdown, until COVID happened, it was probably seven months' work of the best work I've ever done in my life. And I was 146 seven in Edinburgh, unrested, unshaved, tapered. You know, I had a bad belly. I was 51.5 five in the hundred fly heat. You know and things were on its way to do really to, to do great things and i thought my, my confidence was coming back slowly and slowly because i was being pushed all the time and having someone beside you when you're training tom dean who's an up and coming superstar you know that was to have him every day there and push each other all the time that's great to have that and you know i think something something's fast is going to happen i can just feel it one day and some freakish some it will it, it will come again
1: I ask all the, the the people that would have swam in Tokyo a couple of weeks ago this question. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel like you were ready to win again at
0: that point? You know what? I feel like I could have got a medal. You know, I feel like I I could have got a medal in the tuna and three and the hundred fly. Um, the, the relays would take care of themselves. Yeah. But mate, if I take if if we take when we're in lockdown when we went into lockdown back in middle of april to probably end of july so we were in lockdown for 10 weeks we didn't swim for 10 weeks we came back to the pool and the work we were doing from then to end of july was the fastest stuff i've ever done in my career Mm. like at the end of the set i'd push a 251 for a three for a 303 short course meters and be like that's like 340 something for a 400 like short course but at the end of the set doing that and doing these fast swims all the time i'm like my engine's back, I'm back-ending my, back-ending my sims. I'm not dying anymore, you know? And my confidence was kind of thinking, like, it's just the, the work we were doing day in and day out, you know, we didn't think about the Olympics at all, but it was just classmate. We were getting, I was in a really good place.
1: Awesome, mate. What, what do you do for your fly? Obviously, you know, you do a lot of work for you too, and that's always been there, but what do you do for your fly?
0: It's, it's, it's challenging, mate. Cause sometimes honestly freestyle takes over a lot of things, but yep. I do a lot, a lot more of aerobic and threshold butterfly.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, sometimes I'll do a heart rate set fly where it's like a 25 a 50, 75 or a hundred, you know, at kind of a heart rate one eighty plus best average stuff, uh, race pace butterfly. But on a Thursday night, I always do a short course aerobic butterfly. And that's like,
1: yeah. What's aerobic butterfly. God, that sounds yeah, painful. It's,
0: it's painful. It's painful. So for example, it'll be 30, 50s off, Probably might do four on one off, off 35 seconds. No, and, and
1: the, and the uh, hang on, the four on and, and one off will be off
0: 35, so, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's all fly.
0: So the easy one will be backstroke, okay, right? But then, like, it it'll sometimes change we might do some hundreds fly. But Wednesday is our speed endurance stuff as well. So speed endurance is like you know, 20, 20, 20 25s, uh, what a 35 and a 50. There's no, there's just continuous walkbacks completely. And that'll all be butterfly. So working the front end and speed element, like, you know, that fast, that fast twitch stuff all the time, you know, doing that, the resistance stuff. um, But aerobic fly and the threshold fly, it gets you fit and it gets you strong. And I've always been a massive believer of that. You know, I've I've always believed to do things fast. You got to do things slow. Um, And I think that works for me.
1: Do you ever do hundreds fly in practice?
0: All the time, all the time.
1: Like so what? tonight, give, for example, give me
0: something Yeah, give me an example. So, so back in Australia, we did a set, and it was like, yeah, I think it was two hundreds threshold butterfly into I think a fifty easy into some race pace fifties, four or five times. This is long course, um, the hundreds will be off one forty, and I go fifty nine, fifty eight for the fly,
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay. my push, which is pretty decent. Yep. Um, and it's I just found doing that and getting that rhythm, you know, it builds that back end up so much more. You know, so when I, if I build my front end as well, you know, no one's done the aerobic work I've done for my events, obviously, you know, just because obviously I'd have to do work for the 200. So if I get to the 50, I know I'm going to turn off the wall and I come home in 26 low, you know, that's the way I'm thinking of doing my race, you know, coming back like my absolute steam train like Phelps did, you know, I think that's really, really important. So, but yeah, hundreds fly are a daily thing. Yeah.
1: Do you give yourself a chance to beat Caleb in the hundred fly?
0: Of course, everyone's beatable. Everyone's beatable. And everyone's replaceable. And that's always something i believe. Um, Obviously, Caleb's an amazing athlete. And I have massive respect for him. Um, but, you know, you look at the best guys in the world, like Usain Bolt, everyone is beatable. And I would not go in there thinking, I'm going for second place. You know, I don't, would never think like that at all. You know, you go in there to win. Are you,
1: are you hoping he has a bad day or you have a good day or you've got a time in your head where you think, if I hit that time, that wins?
0: You know, I mean, that's a great question. You know, I would, never, I would never wish him to have a bad day because I want him to be at his physical peak or, you know, rapsis or, you know, guys I race all the time. So we know on the day, the best, the best, you know, like that's, I think that's the, probably the fair way to do it. And obviously, you know, there's that one day every four years to get right. And that's your chance. Yeah, that, that's your chance to do it.
1: Well, I mean, realistically, um, if he's if he's at his physical peak, he's at world record pace. So he's at he's at 49, yeah. he's at 495. So I mean you gotta yeah. you gotta be there, right? So do you oh, think that's possible to get there?
0: 100 percent I I went I went 50.5 or six in twenty seventeen and I didn't do any butterfly work. You know, the key thing I have to work on is my skills. And obviously is my front end work and the back end obviously all the elements really. But, you know, if I can do 51 something in 2019, you know, and be five out of 10 effort wise and, you know, not be happy or confident and then go the exact same time in Edinburgh in heavy, heavy work in the morning with a bad belly, you know, I feel like, I feel like a good time's going to come and a 49 is definitely doable.
1: Well, to me, the the way that I broke the hundreds down, it, it it was always how fast can you go out and how fast can you come home, you know. So there's always yeah. this give and take of like, yeah. If I go out too fast, the back end's gonna suffer. If I go out too slow, I gotta come home freaky fast. So it's like you're always yeah. figuring out the balance between the first and the second fifty. So, so that's kind of the way it is for you. So to break down a forty nine five, I mean you got to drop a second off your best time. So at some point. You yeah. got to be faster on the way out and you're probably going to have to be faster on the way back. So mm-hmm. what do you think is reasonable for you to get out in where you can come home at, at, at the clip where you can still, you know, get that 49.5? What, what could you get out in?
0: I think I can, if, if, everything's, if everything goes well and, you know, I think I can get out in 23 low.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, it's, it's, it, that's the way, you, that's where you have to be. That's what you got to do. Yeah. That's what you're gotta do. Otherwise yeah. it's not gonna happen. No. no one's gonna come back in 25 points. Just just it's, no. it's, it's right now it's not realistic. Yeah. Uh 23 low, you know, have a great turn, don't breathe the first two strokes, and then pick up the rate and just come home. Yeah. You know, and that's the way you're gonna do it. Uh, you look at Phelps, I think he went when he went his fifty point, might have been two at twenty fifteen, the, the the nationals they had. I think he was four oh and 6-0, something like that. I can't remember what he was.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um but you've got to be 26 low to come back in, you know, and it's getting that ingrained in you every day, you know, to do that. And we did some hundreds fly broken on Friday night and I did a 30. So it was a 35, so long course. So dive in 35 meters, stop 10 seconds rest 15 into the wall, stop then a 50 home. And I was 48 one on that, which Mm is great. I mean, it's a great time, but it's broken. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not really kind of realistic but I came and one of the 50s. I came back in 25, six in the fly. So I know, you know, the endurance work is coming, you know, the the stamina is coming and 25, six to the 58 rate, you know, it felt really good. It felt strong, but it's doing it on the race when it matters, you know, anyone can train fast, anyone can train hard, but it's racing that counts. And that's what you got to do.
1: Well, I mean, the key is, is testing it in practice. And that's what you're doing. You're breaking it down into pieces that are, that are, Edible, you know that you can get into in practice and say, "Yeah, I could do that." And and you're above race pace, which is great. You're training at you know 48 pace kind of thing, which is above race pace. But but that helps you when you get on the block. You know that I've I felt this pace. I know what this feels like. All I've got to do is put all the pieces together, and and exactly. that gives you an enormous amount of confidence going into a meet. You know,
0: yeah. I mean, I remember doing this stuff before, just generally before when I was at my best. You know, it's just doing it when you do the race pace sets, you get the feel for it. And you know, in your head, exactly how that time should feel, you know, and thinking, wow, that feels so comfortable, so easy. So, you know, on race day, you've done it that many times before, you know, you're going to do it. You know, it's going to feel easy, you know, and that's the way kind of, I always have that kind of that race stroke feel, you know, you also have your training stroke then you have your race stroke. You do it in training, you practice it over and over again. And then when on the race day comes, it's, it's there and you, you know, you can, you can deliver the goods.
1: Absolutely, mate. I love it. Um, I mean, do you ever have regrets that your ancestors didn't steal a loaf of bread 200 years ago and end up in Australia?
0: <laughs> what, what do you mean?
1: <laughs> you could have been Aussie, mate. You could have been an Aussie. Uh, All I you know. had to do
0: was steal some bread, nah, get on a shit and come over. I don't want Aussie, mate. You don't I, mean, it? I love Australia. I love Australia. <laughs> we have cancer every year. But for me, mate, it's too boring. It, I can't do it. It's too boring.
2: Boring? Really? It's
0: boring. Yeah. I mean, the beach is cool but you can't go to the beach every day or the other, whatever you call it. You know, it's not for me. It's not for me.
1: How come Australians are just better at everything than, than England? What's, what's the problem? With except,
0: except football. We'll call it that. Except, except except football.
1: Football. That's true. We get smacked. Uh, there. Rugby, yeah. football, <laughs> yeah. cricket. everything.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, but you know, it's, I would love, to, I, I, I love, I love to the Gold Coast. We train at the Gold Coast Quack Center in Southport for our training camps. Um, and it's great, you know, the, the weather's nice. It's just a nice place to be around. It's it's just relaxing. But then you know, when it, when training comes, you know, you're, you're happy because the sun's out. You know, for us, obviously in England, it's not a nice place if it's raining all the time. It's cold. You know, it's it's not good. But when you go to Australia, you appreciate life so much more. So that's
1: yeah. you know. no, true, man. I'm just giving you a hard time. I, lo- I love England. Too, I know you but, are. But uh, but but uh, we got we got a good relationship the it's
0: better than alabama i'd say yeah, that
1: much better than alabama it is true that's, that's why i moved to la mate i'm in la now <laughs> yeah. what's going on with the royal family though what's happening there
0: i mean i don't i don't watch that stuff a mess i, right I can tell you i couldn't tell you mate
1: how do you give up know. being a royal like if you're born into that how do you give that up
0: i think megan is obviously part of this she wants something you know that's my kind of theory on things um you know, looking at Harry, you know, he's raised Ryan Lochte in, in Vegas pools, you know, he's kind of the lad of the family. Mm. Um, but giving up a royalty, I don't, he's obviously not right in the head. I, I, I'm not sure why they're doing that. <laughs> Apparently, there's going to be something on Netflix about them too. Um, but it's interesting. I don't know what's going to happen there. But yeah, he's a bit cuckoo, I think. Have you had a chance to to
1: meet the royal family?
0: I did, mate. I, I met the Queen back in 2016 when all, when we came out from Rio. All the medalists went to go and meet the Queen. I was yep. in Buckingham Palace, mm. and you know, I met the Queen, shook her hand, did like you bow and everything. You know, it was amazing honor to do. And yeah, the the afterwards was unbelievable. You know? <laughs> the pie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> love it, mate. Awesome, mate. Well, listen, I uh, love this chat. It's been really interesting. uh Good, good insights, and appreciate you opening up a little bit. And, and yeah, a pleasure.
0: Up. Absolute pleasure. pleasure.
1: Awesome mate. Uh well, listen, big fan of yours and just want you to have a lot of success next year mate. I hope you get on the podium and uh Thanks, I hope you fulfill your dreams and uh, I think you learn yeah. a lot from that pain, you know. I, I could really relate to when you said you cried, you know, it just you just felt that pain of like yeah uh, of of just not defeat but just not fulfilling not being as good as you wanted to be. And that's a real Correct. pain, you know. And that and yeah. that's a pain that you live with and that's a pain that you can carry into training. And, mm. and work with you know it 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 you can take that into the next few seasons and say I never want to feel like that again you know and of that, course, that's that's a know. good pain you know yeah. stuff so um, no, man, good agree. luck with it I mate agree.
2: yeah um,
0: cool wish you the best all right thanks all. you look after yourself mate thank, thank you cheers, mate bye cheers bye bye bye.